0: Every week we're going to bring you the story of a moment in Aotearoa's history which is told by someone who was there when it happened. It's called I Was There When, and we really wanted to make a splash with our first one. So once you hear this next bit of audio, you will understand why we landed on this particular moment in history.
1: Have we got a date, Prime Minister? Uh, we've got a date, the 14th of July, which we've worked out at Government House as being the appropriate date.
0: That doesn't give you much time to run up to an election, Prime Minister.
1: Doesn't give my opponents much time to run up to an election, does it? Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: That's right, we're taking you back to June the 14th, 1984. That was Robert Muldoon, of course. Uh, he was desperate. His government was on the brink. After nine years in power, and uh, he, the visibly drunk Prime Minister, stepped out into the Beehive Corridor to a waiting pack of journalists. So on the line now is Jim Greenhoff, who was a TVNZ political reporter in the Beehive the night that it all happened. If you have memories of this, do text them through to us, 2101. Uh, Jim, kia ora, welcome to Knights, and thanks so much for coming on.
1: Oh, very nice to be on. Thanks for having
0: me. So you've probably heard that clip, Jim. A hundred times, but when you hear those words, what are your first thought? Does it transport you back to that that time and place?
1: Yes, it does, because it was it was a really interesting uh, moment in history. I guess um, I think uh, Muldoon blamed Marilyn Waring, of course, at the time mm. for um, that snapple accident. And uh, if, we, if we have time, I'll, I'll come up with an alternative theory for that. But uh, it, was, um, it, was, it was a very different, uh, different time, you know, to now. We're going back 40 years, of course, and it was, it was fun hearing your, your 80s uh, uh, song quiz, uh, which sort of puts it uh, in the right, uh, right mood. But if you think back, Aotearoa 40 years ago, you know, there were no cell phones, mm-hmm. uh, no smartphones. There were only two TV channels. Uh, it was first past the post electoral system, mm. so we only had uh, at that stage three parties in government. We had uh, Social credits uh, having two seats, and as you say, it was it was a razor thin uh, majority for uh, Muldoon to govern with. And um, I just I just happened to have drawn the uh, the short straw, I guess, to uh, be the pull uh, the graveyard shift uh, covering Parliament that night, and and usually it was dead boring. You'd sit there and nothing would happen. Mm. But there was something sort of in the air that evening. You could tell something was going down. And um, when 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 he came out and and uh, the, the the clip the clip you just played was, was actually the sort of the second round. Right. The, the first time he came out. We didn't have a, any TV any any film crews there. Mm-hmm. The film crews had long gone home. That was this was late in the evening. And um, so uh, Eric Frickberg, who was uh, running the desk at TVNZ, really all we had to do was put together a little spoken news bulletin just as the TV network closed down. They closed down at night nice <laughs> in those days. It didn't, didn't go all, all day.
0: Yeah.
1: And Eric Eric uh, was sort of scrambling to uh, put a put a bulletin together to to, to make the announcement. And uh, he also managed to uh, rouse out a couple of film crews and they they got there within about half an hour or so and, and that's when it all unfolded. Uh, he, he came out and, and obviously he'd been... Drinking, you know, it was. So uh, it was, so it was clear. It's,
0: it was clear, was it, that that that, that he was he was of least than sound he, mind.
1: He he was he was known to be. Uh, I think they, they use the term tired and emotional uh, quite a lot of the right. time. You right. know, there, there was there were stories about his his staff needing to let down the tires on his car so he wouldn't be able to drive home. Wow. You know, it, it, was, it was well known that uh, he he hit uh, hit the bottle uh, fairly heavily. But that night, uh, and and I think by then, by the time he he we got him on camera, he'd been up to Government House. He'd come back, and uh, he'd he'd had time to sort of sober down, sober up a little bit. Wow. So that, that was actually <laughs> the the first the first run through was it was even wilder than that. Um, but uh, it, it all sort of unfolded from there, and uh, you know it really snapped into action. Uh, the Labour. Labour Party, most of the Labour Party guys had been uh, at a function at Government House and they all sort of scrambled back because it's a very, very short time to sort of put together an election mm-hmm. campaign uh, and uh, run up to a general election, as uh, Dick Griffin uh, put it so so succinctly. And, um, you know, we had uh, the uh, all the, you know, David Longey and... Um, and Palm Je- Jeffrey Palmer were there in their monkey suits, uh, you know, in the black ties having I mean, just come back from gov- the government house function. And, um, you know, there was to and fro, and uh, it was, it was, it was a very I, I can't remember what time we got to bed that night, but uh, you know, the next day it was just full on for everybody.
0: Was this the decision to call that that's I mean, what is your, is your sense that that? was was actually the decision that had been arrived at or, or was it the booze that was talking? Is it an idea that maybe just popped into the head in the moment and then came out through the mouth and, and once it's out, you can't unring that bell?
1: That, 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 that's pretty much it. Rob Muldoon really was a uh, sort of a, dic- a modern uh, dictator. He, he dominated his cabinet. The cabinet dominated the caucus and of course because they had the majority they dominated parliament so it, it really came he had a huge strength of personality he, he just um you know bent people to his will and uh, i'm pretty sure that was his decision there was a, there was a lovely cartoon that um tom scott did that appeared in the um, in the dominion what was the dominion now the post the next morning with Muldoon sort of sitting bolt upright in bed lying uh, with Thea lying next to him saying I didn't mention something about a snap election last night, dear, did I? <laughs> <laughs> but I think, I think there, were, there was probably a little bit of, a little bit of uh, that may have gone through his mind when he finally sobered up. He said, "Oops, what have I done? Is, is this going to work? Mind you, uh, really, national shouldn't have won in 1981, three, mm-hmm. three years earlier. The only reason they won was the uh, the sort of the, the, the total anarchy that uh, came with the Springbok tour. Right. And somehow he managed to use that to his advantage to uh, win enough electorate seats to uh, just scrape back in. But, uh, you know, National had really run its course. I don't think they, would, they had a dog show of winning anyway, whatever time they'd, they'd gone. You know, and, and maybe he thought if he tried to catch Labour off guard, you know, they, they'd be able to to swing it.
0: Now that that question about not giving him much time was that you who asked that?
1: No, that, that was uh, Dick Griffin, who was the uh, wow. RNZ parliamentary uh, reporter at the time. And yeah, I, I was—I did—I did—I did, I did, I did uh, fire a few questions. I can't remember exactly what they were, but uh, that, that's—that the, the, those are the classic lines. Those, those are the ones that yeah. have gone down in history. Yeah.
0: And I mean the response to it. Doesn't give my opponent much time either, does it? You know, I mean, <laughs> insofar as someone who's obviously been sound mind responding to it, you know, that's uh, it's not a bad question. It doesn't. Do, I mean, the prophecy didn't turn out great, did it? But um, it's it's not a bad response, really, is it?
1: Well, re- really, Muldoon was living in the uh, in in uh, he, he was an, an anachronism. Hmm. Television had finally got uh, into video. We used to, uh, but prior prior to 1984, we were shooting on film and film obviously takes time to process and so it's not a very immediate medium. 1984 election was the very first one that television set the agenda and uh, David Longy for the um, Labour Party and Bob Jones, who, who was really sort of a spoiler, he, he just got in there really to sort of uh, turf... Muldoon out mm. they both did incredibly telegenic photogenic uh, stunts up and down the country you know they visited factories they rode in jet boats they did all sort of things that looked great on, on camera Muldoon just had uh, meetings and um, and then of course you had social credits uh, with their two seats which were largely irrelevant mm. but uh, because because you had to win an electorate seat to get into parliament uh, uh Bruce Beetham, uh, head of the social credit only campaigned in his own electorate in Martin so there there was there, that was pretty boring television wise and so they really uh, you know it, it, it was really um uh, the labor party and uh, the new zealand party bob jones party and uh, ironically in this day of mmp uh the new zealand party at the 1984 election won 20% of the vote yeah 20% and you know how many seats they got? Bugger all. None. Not a wow. single one. Wow, was It wasn't a single was, one, was it? it Far out. No, not not a single one because they they didn't uh, <laughs> they didn't win a single electorate yeah. seat. And and there was there was a, there was a classic uh, scene not long after that because Bob Jones had only done it for a bit of a lark. He was he was a great jokester, mm. you know. He was, he was always coming up with these these schemes and and, and things, and and so he he decided of his own accord shortly after the election. He was going to fold the party up. The party was gone. So that was it. He announced it was over. party's gone. And he went fishing. And yeah. so we we thought that uh, actually, you know, the, the leader of a party that's won 20% of the vote in the last election deserves to explain to his constituents why he's decided to fold the party. because it's just a press release. And so Rod Vaughan flew up to Turangi in a yeah. helicopter. Yeah. And... Uh, uh, he so, so annoyed that he was disturbed, uh, that his fishing was disturbed by the chopper going wop 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 over there, that he punched him in the nose. That's right. <laughs> and he knew he
0: he he knew his way, his way around with his fist, Bob Jones, didn't he? He really he gave him a good oh, old bang. Oh, oh yeah,
1: well he's, he, he was he was, he was quite big. He's quite big in boxing circles. Yeah. That's
0: right. Now when when this when this happened once the you know the ferrago was all all over at parliament house did you know did you get the have a sense of how the public would react to this this whole thing
1: i think i think everyone was totally gobsmacked mm. you know it 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 caught it, it blindsided everybody it was it was just a complete completely out of the blue you know, maybe if if you 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 really read the tea tea leaves, you you might have sensed something was coming. But nobody at the time uh, sort of said, "Oh yeah, I knew this was going to happen." It was it was just a <clears throat> completely out of the blue, and and the and the public treated it like that.
0: It must have been a pretty wild month of of campaigning to to follow over the coming weeks.
1: It was, and it was it was interesting from television's perspective because uh, we had four parliamentary reporters. And the powers that be decided that rather than sort of splitting us up between the different campaigns, each of us would cover one campaign. So John Bishop, who was the uh, chief parliamentary reporter, got to cover Muldoon, and like I said, he was bored out of his out of his brains because all Muldoon did was go to meetings. Uh, I I got David Longie, which was probably the most fun one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bill Ralston uh, got Bob Jones, and that also was fun. They, they had a great lot of time.
0: fun. I imagine, yeah, that have some stories.
1: And then poor old John Spavin wound up covering Bruce Beetham and sort of spent most of his time up in, uh, in, in Rangitiki and Martin, uh, trying try to trying to feed stories out of the Adobe Motel.
0: I've got, um, Jim, I've got I've got quite a few texts coming through in the vein of you know the the worst thing about this election is that it paved the way for. Uh, you know R- Ruth and Asia, Roger Douglas and, and Ruth Richardson, and that it was. You know, I've, I've got several texts in here along those lines. I mean, how how do you reflect on the fallout from this election?
1: Well, it was it was a, a most peculiar thing because the National Party was meant to be right wing, the Labor is left wing, but you had in, in Rob Muldoon and the National Government <clears> at <throat> the time one of the most socialist uh, setups in the world we, we were probably the most regulated country in the oecd there, there were crazy regulations yeah. you know shops had to be closed uh, you know at uh, five o'clock or six o'clock uh, nobody allowed to be open on the weekend single import
0: licenses for cars in the 80s went there
1: that's right all sorts of stuff and and you know they're, they're, we, we'd had a price and wage freeze to try and uh, control inflation <clears> mm. and uh, all, all sorts of crazy stuff went, went went on and the dollar was was just losing value losing value. the country was in a real mess and um, you know I, I don't know if you remember right after the uh, the election uh, David long he said right we want to devalue the dollar by mm. uh, I think it was 20 20 percent and Muldoon said no. That's and right, uh, you yeah. know, by convention, an incoming, an incoming prime minister, an incoming government, their wishes must be enacted by the uh, by the caretaker prime minister. And Muldoon held out for about a week, and there were millions and millions, uh, might even have been billions of dollars that just flew out of New Zealand to come back when uh, when the dollar was devalued, worth a whole lot more. You know, it almost bankrupted us. And uh, so, yeah, it was it was really strange that the Labour government, I mean, Roger, Roger Douglas obviously went on uh, in later life to uh, become, you know, to join a a much more right wing party. Mm, mm. But at at the time, it it just seemed like the whole thing needed to be reformed. And, um, you know, that's that's what they did. They went at it with hammer and tongs. And it was it was very, very painful for a lot of people.
0: This event—it's probably fair to say that you know—in the in the fullness of time—that this is this is the event that Robert Muldoon is, is probably most um, remembered for broadly by the, by the broad swathe of the population. I think I don't know, maybe you disagree, but yeah. I I would certainly say that. But you know, I've got I've just got a text in. This is neither here nor there, but I've just got a text, and I don't remember the snap election, the text reads. But I had to prepare Rob Muldoon's fishnets and garter belt every night before he went on stage in the Rocky Horror Picture Show. You know, he was an interesting, he was an interesting guy, wasn't he? he, he, he in some he ways, was. you know. And, and so, my question is, you know, do you think it's fair that this is the thing that this interesting, polarizing man is best remembered for?
1: Well, I mean, <clears> that's <throat> just the way, way it is, yeah. because it was so dramatic. I, I think I, I actually think Muldoon did the country a lot of damage, but I believe he always felt that he had the country's best interests at heart. Hmm. He never he was, there, there was never the slightest whiff of corruption about him. He never did anything that was sort of uh, you know, for his benefit. He genuinely believed that what he was doing, the regulations he was putting in place, um, you know, the, all the shenanigans was was in the country's best interest, and I, and I just think he was so dictatorial that I just think he sort of lost touch with reality, and he lost touch with the members of his cabinet who who should have been able to to help him find a better course. Mm. You know, that the, you talk about cabinet uh, collective responsibility. That it's not just the prime minister. I mean, you know, it, it's, it, it's, amu- it's amused me the, uh, the, the the terrible things that have been said about Jacinda Ardern. You know, everything's blamed on Jacinda. It's not just Jacinda. It's the whole cabinet. Mm-hmm. You know, she was the prime minister and it was her face that made that made the announcements, but mm. those announcements are taken around a cabinet table. And and though I've never sat around one of the cabinet tables, um, I would I would truly believe that most governments, all the ministers are having an input. That's why they have been chosen as ministers because they you know and and they they hash these things out. They make reasoned decisions. Mm. I I've heard many times that uh, Muldoon was so dictatorial in cabinet that you know he would say to other cabinet ministers right this is this is how it's going to be and if anyone would uh, would query his his decisions he'd say what don't you understand about it let mm. me explain it to you again you no. know he 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 was he was he was a bully mm. it's a uh, he, was, he, was, he was he was he was a bully who who genuinely believed that he had the best interests of in the country at heart he didn't mellow considerably after he was uh, tossed out you know the the rocky horror picture show was 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 great that was that was just fantastic.
0: I can imagine you would you would have to mellow after an experience like that, Jeff. Um, we, we we're out of time, but that, that was that was delightful. And you know, I'm sure you have some more fantastic stories from that uh, really interesting decade. So um, maybe we'll get you back later on in the year. Thanks so much for coming on. Really appreciate it.
1: It's been a pleasure.
0: That was Jeff Greenhuff. What a story! What a moment to be around.